Career Day Live is a Stop Clowning Around production. You can learn how Stop Clowning Around helps people succeed in life and career by mastering the art of connection and relationships by visiting stopclowningaround.com or facebook.com forward slash stopclowningaround. Until you have a child of your own, you will never understand the sheer amount of love a parent has for their child. Moms and dads will do anything to protect their children and keep them from harm. When kids get sick, we parents feel helpless as there's nothing we can do except pray and trust the care of the medical professionals. The caring nurse can be the difference by supporting the medical needs of the child and also helping with the emotional needs of the parent. Sarah Bayless, a pediatric intensive care nurse at a leading children's hospital, discusses how she gets to make a positive difference each day she shows up to work and how you could too. Sarah, thanks for joining us and sharing a little bit about your career. Can you start by telling us your title? and maybe a little of how you got there. Um, Yes, I am a registered nurse, and my career path is probably a little bit different than most people's. Um, I started as an LPN, and then I got an associate's degree, and then a bachelor's degree, um, which is what I have now, working as a registered nurse, so a, a bachelor's in science of nursing. Can you kind of walk us through what each one of those mean? I I think most of our listeners understand an associate's degree and a a bachelor's degree, but the LPN, what's that really mean? And and your progression, I guess, what what does that mean to nursing and and what you can do with it? Sure, of course. Um, So an LPN is a licensed practical nurse, and it's kind of just the basics of nursing. Um, You're more task-oriented versus um, you know, as a, an associate's degree and then as a bachelor's, there's a little bit more thought process into it. Um, as an LPN, you kind of, you, you're able to work as a nurse. You do work as a nurse, um, but you're limited in very few things that you can do um, as far as, you know, giving certain medications or doing certain nursing tasks. There aren't a lot of things that you can't do, um, you know, if, if a patient if you're working in a hospital setting and a patient comes in, they're being admitted, uh, the requirement is that a registered nurse would, would be the first person to kind of bring the patient in and assess them and see what's going on with them. Um, and then after that, you can assume the care of, of that patient. Um, you can start IVs but can't push IV medications. You can give IV medications on a pump. You just can't give certain medications that require just a quick push. Um, and then giving blood products. That's something else that, that a registered nurse has to do. That's that's a little bit of the difference. Um, the the program I went to was a, an advanced program. Um, so it took, I want to say, gosh, that's been 17 years ago. So um, I believe it was right at 18 months to complete. Um, and then you take boards just like you would as an RN. So, 
I'm jumping ahead in some ways, but it kind of strikes my interest here on the LPN. It sounds like it's really an entry-level nurse. And is this something you did because you knew you wanted to be in nursing and you were just working your way through the program? Or is this something you did just to see if you actually liked it before you spent any money on an actual nursing program? Um, Well, (laughs) I knew that I wanted to be a nurse, but I, I honestly, I graduated high school knowing that I wanted to be a nurse, but not really feeling like it was possible for me. Um, I, I hadn't really grown up with the ideal that college was something that you do. Um, not necessarily something that you don't do, but just not, not with the, not with the ideal that you grow up and you go to college. So it was kind of something that I just had to figure out on my own and being a teenager and and high school and graduating high school, I really, I really didn't know how to go about figuring out even what it takes to be a nurse. So it it kind of, it it kind of just fell into place. Um, I went on a mission trip at 16 with my church and that's kind of where the drive to be a nurse came from. And well, I take that back Uh, in kindergarten and first grade, my, I, I wanted to be a nurse. And anytime we would have a little thing of, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say, I want to be a nurse and I want to work with babies. Um, and at 16, I went on a mission trip and that's where it really, really hit home for me that this is, this is what I want to do. So, um, our school had an A plus program and I got into community college and started there. And then at the community college where I went, there was an LPN program. And so I started asking questions, you know, what, what do I have to do? How do I get in? And I applied and got in and um, it all just kind of worked out from there that my A plus, you know, was accepted there. And so even maneuvering the the financial aid side of things kind of worked out for me. Um, And then after that, I kind of had college under my belt, understanding kind of more what it takes and and the process. And so I kind of moved on from there. Sarah, you mentioned uh, your, your, your degree program, but you know, what, what are you doing today and how'd you kind of get to this role? Um, so right now I have a um, bachelor's in science of nursing and I work as a registered nurse. Um, so I, like I said, started as an LPN and then uh, went through a, an an LPN to RN bridge program. So kind of where you do that, that next phase. Um, so I worked as an LPN for nine years and then did the associates. Um, and then after I think five years of being, um, just having an associate's degree, I got my bachelor's degree. So also kind of took the long, long way around things. Um, so with the, with the bachelor's degree, I work um, as a pediatric ICU nurse at Cardinal Glennon. So you work that with answers. babies? <laughs> yes, I do. You are one of the few people that I know in the entire world who has a dream as a youngster, like kindergarten, first grade, even third or fourth grade, that actually fulfills that at some point in their life. So that is a uh, kudos to you. Did you purposely find this role or did it accidentally happen? Um, as a picky nurse or as a nurse? Pediatric nurse. 
Um, no, I think I, I've, I've always had a heart for kids. Um, some of that stems from, from my upbringing. Um, I was, my mom was 15 when I was born. And so I had, uh, my dad wasn't really in my life for a long time. And then he would kind of come and go and just a lot of really strong hurts there. And I kind of learned myself over the years that if I'm hurting, I, I want to help someone to make myself feel better. I, it's, it's kind of a coping mechanism if I can do something good. And then there's also the other component. If I can help one, even just one kid in the world, not feel what I felt or to, to feel like and to understand that they're, they deserve to be cherished and loved and that they are good. And if I can just even help one kid feel that I, I, I have been successful. And so that's kind of where the desire to be a pediatric nurse came from for me. That is so interesting. And, and, and again, so speaks to what brings contentment and fulfillment to our jobs is having a purpose behind it. And yes. that's something I didn't know about you. And just understanding the drive and the mission and the vision behind what you do every day probably helps you keep going even when the monotony of the job kicks in, which all jobs have a little bit of monotony. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very common for, for families. You know, I, I just, just last week I had a, a situation where, you know, family was looking at the possibility of losing a child. And one of the family members said to me, I don't know how you do this. Why would you pick this career? It's so hard. And the only answer I can ever give anyone is it's not what I get out of it, but it's what I get to give. And that's, that's the most honest answer I can give. It, it truly isn't, it truly isn't a career where I necessarily get rewarded. You know, I do because I love it and it's, and it's, I'm making a difference. And I know that even, even on the worst day where I feel like I didn't say the right thing or I didn't do the right thing or I didn't help enough. I know that it's important that I'm there because I want to be there and I, I want to help my patients and I I want to take the best care of them that I can. And so it's important. And that's enough for me. That's, that's who I am. That's got who God made me and that's enough. And so it, it is a hard job. It does hurt. There are days that it's just all you can do to make it to your car until you just fall apart, but you have to keep it together while you're there because it's your job and you have to be a professional. Um, but, but there are days that it breaks you. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's hard, but it, I love it. You're dropping so many life lessons here, and I don't know if you're purposely doing or if it's by accident, but I, I, I just appreciate it. So, you know, Sarah, you know the day that we're recording. Most of our guests don't, and these uh, podcasts do not always release right around the date of recording. So for time's sake, and, and, and to make my point here, uh, it's nearing Thanksgiving of 2018, which means many of us are moving into the Christmas mindset. And what I've learned as a mature adult is that the satisfaction of Christmas is not about getting. I get a million times more satisfaction out of giving and seeing someone else smile and feel like I'm making a difference. And I think often in the world we get confused and think that getting is about receiving something, but 
somehow giving really provides a, a much larger level of satisfaction. It's just the way our human body is is wired, and you just nailed it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no, not nothing, nothing intentional. Just just trying to be completely transparent and open with with my career and what I feel makes me successful in what I do, and if it helps someone else, you know, realize, hey, that's you know, that's something I can do or, you know, man, I don't, you know, that's, that's not for me. So. Right. Well, Sarah, if we can, I'd like to dive into what a, a maybe a day in the life of a nurse really looks like. Um, I do understand that due to HIPAA regulations, you are limited on how detailed you can get. But if we could just understand from a high level, uh, a basic aspect of what does a, a typical day and I know there's probably never a typical day in the life of a nurse, but what does a typical day of a nurse look like, specifically a pediatric nurse? Sure, of course. Um, so I I work 12-hour shifts, so my shifts are 7 to 7.30. Um, and working, so it, it really depends on what type of nurse you are that would that would change your day. But for me, as a, as a PICU nurse, pediatric ICU nurse, um, I have either one or two patients, um, and that's because their their care is a, a, a bit more complex, so you need more time to focus on them. Um, so at the start of our day, we kind of, all of the nurses gather in one room, a conference room, and the charge nurse kind of gives a very quick snippet of, of the patients in the unit. Um, this is what's going on. This is what we should expect. These are the admissions that that we may or may not get. And then, of course, there are always things that you never know about that happen. Um, after they kind of give us a rundown of what's going on in the unit, they give each nurse their assignment. Um, so I'll, I get my assignment. They tell me, you know, who my patient is, what room I'm going to. And then I get report on that patient. So one of the huge things right now is is safety, or not right now, but in general with nursing is safety. So our, a lot of our patients have... Um, multiple IV lines, um, bigger IV lines that, you know, we call central lines, um, <clears throat> monitoring devices, a lot of IV medications, um, all of which, you know, are very important to them, but, but dealing with smaller bodies, children, um, dosing is huge. You know, even just a very, very minor miscalculation is a big difference for a small person versus an adult. Not that it's less important that you be accurate, but it just, um, you know, those those very minor mistakes or um, miscalculations can can be huge. So for us, um, part of our start is that we check everything together. So the oncoming nurse, which would be me, and the offgoing nurse, the night shift nurse. You calculate all of your medications to make sure that they're correct, that they're running correctly at the right rate, the right dose, the right medication, the right patient, the right concentration, all of these things. Um, some patients have breathing tubes, so you check those. Um, just kind of check everything over to make sure that you're coming on your shift with everything accurate. Um, what the order says, is it being, you know, um, done correctly? And then I assume care for that patient for the day once all of that is done. As far as my day goes, um, I start my day with uh, my own personal safety check after I do a safety check with the offgoing nurse. 
make sure that all of my monitor is set up correctly, that my alarms are correct, and that I know what's going on with my patient. Um, and then as far as throughout the day, I, you know, there's a lot of prioritizing, you know, what needs to happen first? Is this patient sicker than this patient? Um, procedures may come up. So just really being prepared and being in control of your environment is very, very, very important. So um, we do assessments every two hours. So every two hours you listen, you palpate, you just check the patient head to toe. And then every hour we're responsible for doing um, intake and output. So which is also very important in the ICU. A lot of our patients are post-op heart patients or they've had heart surgery. And so knowing exactly what their their volume balance is is important. So that's something that we do every hour on the hour. Um, and probably anybody that you would talk to that's an ICU nurse would tell you that most of us are um, fairly OCD um, and very, we like things exactly the way that they're supposed to be and very detail-oriented. What I was going to um, ask, I would think doing this, you have to be extremely detail-oriented. So I, I like that you even mentioned that, that maybe a little OCD is very helpful in this type of role. Yes. Um, and I always, you know, if I'm teaching a new nurse, I I like to, I, I try to teach those things. I try to explain, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, when someone sees me organizing my my room, you know, there have been, there have been a couple of newer nurses that have said, wow, you really like things clean. And I have to then explain, you know, in an emergency, if, if something, if something happens and your patient's crashing and you have to rush to, to CT, that involves a lot of work. If you, you know, think about that, you have this tiny baby in this big old bed and you have a huge IV pole connected to multiple different IV accesses, and then you have a ventilator, which then means you have a respiratory therapist, a nurse, possibly a physician, and other people all trying to go with you and sit on one elevator. If I'm in control of my environment and I know where everything is at, where it's going, how it's going, why it's going, it's much easier. Whereas if I, I don't know even the tiniest of detail, you know, it, it kind of, it makes it harder. So. It's, it's very important. So what is it about your job that really gets you excited, though? I think you mentioned it earlier about the fact of just being able to give to others and feel helpful. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that you've kind of talked about that social aspect or that internal emotional social aspect of what you enjoy. And then you talk about this detail side. And in some ways, they seem extreme opposites um you know just any given day though what what makes you kind of get a little extra hop in your step and say man i'm doing a good job today or this is a good day uh there are a lot of things i think icu work nursing works for me because i i love to be pushed i love the drive so there is the social side of things um the days where I get to go above and beyond for my patients, um, whether it's that I have a really sick kid that, you know, has been in the ICU for several days and I get to braid their hair or make them look nice for their family or pick out an extra blanket. Those are great feelings. I, lo I love that ability to help a family through a situation. There's the 
complete opposite side of things where I love the drive. I love that I feel like I'm constantly learning and growing. Um, I feel like there's always something new to learn or, you know, your day is never the same. And I love that. Um, that's exciting to me. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily an adrenaline junkie. I don't, you know, I'm not the person who, if there's, you know, a, a code going on that I want to run, I'm I'm fine with kind of stepping back and allowing other people to do that and, and listening for the patients that are okay. I'm fine with stepping in at the same time. I, I'm, I'm pretty versatile there, but I just, I like to learn every single day and feel like I'm continuing to grow. And that, that's a big thing with ICU nursing. I've done a lot of different, you know, avenues of nursing. And this has definitely by far been my favorite and what has, has helped me feel content and loving my job each and every day, even after almost 10 years. <laughs> I I can hear it. And, and again, that's appreciated. And if I ever have uh, one of my little ones in the hospital at that level of care that's required. I would hope that uh, I would get a nurse exactly like you. Um, you know, Sarah, I like to always explore the the things we dread about a job. And as you've talked, I can pretty much, I think I can guess what your answer is going to be. But what is it that is not so fun about your job? What are the dread points? Um, I mean, obviously, anytime, you know, a family loses a child, that's, that's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hard, the hardest thing for me is feeling like I'm supposed to be there to help. And in that moment, there's nothing I can do. There's, there is no word that I can say that will ease the pain. There's no action that I can do that will make it easier. And that, that is so, so, so hard. I, I absolutely dread that aspect of my job because it's just, you want to help so bad and it just, it feels like failing them and not to make it about me because gosh, they're losing a child, but I want to help. And I just, sometimes you can't. And that's, that's a hard, that's a hard lesson to learn to have to sit back and go, okay, I'm here for a reason and I'm giving what I have. And even if it's not enough, it, it is enough. It has to be enough. So you just kind of have to move on and, and let it be. Um, of course, there are, you know, some situations that are far harder, harder than others. You know, anytime there's, you know, child abuse involved, that's probably the hardest aspect of things that, you know, to see that. And in, in some ways, I, this will probably be a very hard statement for some people to understand or most people, but sometimes those are my favorite patients in that I hate what they've been through. But again, if I can give that extra love and compassion and I can see a child who hasn't gotten what they deserve and I can, I can give every single ounce of everything that I have to give that day and maybe make a little bit of a difference or show them love and compassion, then I want to do that, even if it's hard for me. You know, I I think about you in this position and the the good and the bad. We talk about being detail-oriented, but I really think that drive to 
genuinely care for others might be the most important criteria or quality one needs in this job. Uh, would you agree with that? Or what would you say is the ideal quality or qualities that a, a great nurse, great pediatric nurse really brings to the, to the table? I, I think I think the desire. I think you have to have a desire to want to do this job. Um, you know, any anybody can learn to manage the IVs, and anyone can learn to do the tasks. But to be good at it, I think you have to want to do it. Um, you have to want to be there. You have to want to give. Um, you know, and it's not for everyone. Um, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, the desire to be a nurse, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, just because you don't want to take care of the sickest kids doesn't mean that nursing isn't right for for, the, for that person. It just means maybe, you know, if nursing is, is what you feel like you're meant to do, that, you know, there are so many other things, you know, there's, you know, adult nursing, there's pediatric nursing, there's, you know, insurance side of things. There are just so many different avenues that, you know, if you feel like nursing is for you, I, I don't discourage you from that. But I definitely think, you know, pediatric nursing and ICU nursing definitely is a different a different type of nursing, and you really have to want to do it to be successful. So looking at the person who is either looking to figure out what they want to do in life or maybe even transition to a new career, and I know several people personally who have transitioned from one career into nursing. Uh, it seems like a, a fairly common field to do that with. Um, I guess the real question I'm trying to get down to is, Nursing is broad, as you just mentioned it. So can you give any insight of how one can learn about some of the different types of nursing so they can actually find their best fit? Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, there's always Google searches and, you know, but really, if you, if a person is interested in nursing, I would say, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, kind of figuring out what type of nurse you want to be. and. I, my suggestion would be, you know, actually go somewhere and, and follow a nurse, whether it be in a hospital or a doctor's office, you know, and, and actually see what they do. And if it's something that you would want to do, look at the different roles, you know, and, and talk to some people, find nurses that, that do different jobs and ask them, you know, what do you do on a daily basis? Because some, you know, hospice, you know, dealing with people who are, you know, at the end of their life and, and helping them through that journey, you know, that's something, or there's, you know, nurses that work in an office that set up home health care for patients. That's super important. You know, when I take care of a patient who is going to go home on a ventilator, there are so many people who are there to support that journey and help them be able to go home with their family. That's so important. There are just so many different things. And, I think to ask questions and find people who actually do those jobs and what is it that they do? What is it that they love? What is it that they hate? And, you know, actually get those details from someone who does it and then, and then figure out who you are as a person. What is it that I want to do? Do I want to be challenged? Do I want something that I know this is going to be my routine day in, day out? Or do I want change every day? And, and kind of really research the options um, through people. 
It always boils down to networking with others. Every single job profile. If there's one thing I need every listener to know, it comes down to networking and just asking for help. Absolutely, because what you, you know, you can, like I said, you could do a Google Google search and you could read what nurses do. Honestly, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's, it's not realistic. You know, it's just, it's really not. So yeah, definitely, you know, talk to people who actually do the job and, and pick their brain. I, I know I'm very open, you know, if somebody wants to, to know what I do, I'm, I'm more than happy to share it and be transparent. And, you know, I think, I think I know, I know a lot of nurses that would, that would, you know, also be more than happy to share what they do and how they do it and why they do it and what they love and what they don't love. It's important. Absolutely. And of course, one of the main reasons you're doing this episode and we appreciate your sharing. Um, Sarah, I'm thinking about the whole schooling aspect. There's a lot of job profiles we talk about on this program that, may require a degree, but not necessarily a specific degree, and some that don't even require degrees. But it sounds to me that nursing does have a pretty particular process, that you do have to have a nursing education as well as uh, there's a test for a certification, correct? Yes. they call It's called state boards. Um, so after you complete college, um, you actually have to sit for for boards you go in and take a test um and it's it's a little bit different in that it's not here's 300 questions and at the end of it we'll grade you it's more of a um how do i explain this um you have to get a certain percentage of questions correct so let's say you have two lines and you have to be between them. So if you answer a question and you're between the lines and you keep going up and you're, you stay between the lines for so long, but if you fall off of that, you know, that curve, then you, then you kind of have to bring yourself back up. So it, it kind of, I don't know if that even makes sense or how to really explain that. Um, it sounds you like it's a testing from... to understand that you, you, you got the concepts, you got the basics of, of what you would need to know in a day to day. Yes. So you can get anywhere from, the minimum is 75 questions and I, I, it's been so long ago since I took boards somewhere around between, I think 250 to 300 questions is the most you can get and it's pass or fail. Um, you can, you know, you can take the board, take boards again, you know, if you fail, but makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know we may have some who are very interested in this line of work when it comes to, Uh, making these, you know, career decisions and and they've had interest in nursing and maybe listening to you, they're saying, yes, I want to do this, but they're looking at the life and they always have to make decisions or we always as a whole in in this society have to make some decisions on will it work for our family? Will it work for the income? Can we explore quickly because we are running out of time. Can we explore what are some of the income ranges one can make as, as a nurse, uh, maybe even specifically as pediatric? I, I don't know if there are that many ranges. Uh, and I also know that the nurses I know, their work level, how much they work is all over the board. And that's one of the perks of this. But can you talk about income in some generalities for us? 
Yeah. So income probably is really more driven by what you do, what type of nursing. Um, you know, if you're a school nurse, you don't have a lot of responsibility and there's not a lot of money there to be made. Uh, probably if I had to guess, just based on people that I know that have done that, probably somewhere around 30-ish thousand. Um, and then there are other, you know, other jobs in hospitals, you know, depending on if you work day shifts versus night shifts and those differentials, um, even a weekend option, you know, closer to probably the upper range of 60,000. Um, you know, there are a lot of different ways that you can do nursing. Like you said, um, you can work as much or as little as you want to. There are travel nurses who make a lot of money, um, I've never worked as a travel nurse, but word on the street is, you know, closer to $40, $50 an hour, um, you know, sometimes higher. There's education. There's just so many different things and what you can or cannot make. Um, weekend option is, is different. You would work, you know, two days a week, Saturday and Sunday. And a lot of those jobs pay more because you are working a weekend. Um, so, you know, there are differentials there to be made and more money to be made if, if that, you know, works for your family as far as scheduling. Yeah, it sounds almost like a supply and demand curve for employment the, where there's less supply of people willing to work. The pay goes up a little bit and uh, that, that's really unique. It, it also seems to me that I know a lot of um, working mothers who choose to work but still want their family, want to be very involved in family. It seems like a career that works well with that. Yeah, it works. It works well for my husband and I. He actually works seven days on, seven days off. And so I work part-time, um, which for me is two days a week. And so I'm able to work around his schedule so that one of us is here with our boys and able to get, you know, our son to school. And so it works very nicely um, for us. Excellent. Well, Sarah, the unfortunate thing has happened. We have run out of time and uh, we, we have covered a lot of ground in this conversation. I appreciate your investment into your patients on a daily basis. I appreciate your investment uh, into us, uh, the listeners, and I am hoping that you, this conversation will lead someone down the path of career that just brings ultimate uh, satisfaction to them. No problem. This program is only possible with the support of guests that care about helping others find their calling. If you or someone you know would be interested in sharing, please email us at cdl at stopclowningaround.com. When you're big and a little bit bolder, what do you want to do?